That was not okay. Great, thank you. So uh, this regular meeting, September 13th, 2023 of the Kirkland Park Board uh, is called to order. Recording secretary, please call roll. Give me a second. I'm gonna call a roll for Emily because she's got we've got audio issues in the council chamber. So um, please say here when I say your name, board member Amy Ambrosini. Here. Um, board member Tara Boberjong. Here. Board member Tammy Cohen. Here. Board member Kathy Cuny. Board member Rashawn Parik. Board member Crystal Timpson. Here. Uh, Vice Chair Tessa Hansen here, and Chair Mike Holland uh, here. So a quorum is present. So great. Hopefully, uh, um, let's see. Hopefully, Rashad Rashan will uh, be joining us. Um, let's see. Rashan says he's here. He just doesn't see his face on the Zoom. I see that in chat. No. Oh, well, there I see him. Yeah. You see your comment okay. there. John. Yep, I see him. So he is, he is here. Yes. Um, staff present, just so you guys are aware, um, in Council Chambers, Deputy Director John Lloyd, myself. Parks Operations Manager Jason Thielen is with us. Emily is here as Recording Secretary. And virtually, we have Park Planning and Development Manager Mary Gardaki. Um, I'm looking, looking. Oh. Um, Recreation Manager Sheriff Sellenbarger. Uh, I apologize. I'm going to. I don't know your guys' title, so I'm going to introduce you guys in a minute. Um, we've got David Barnes from Planning and Lindsay Levine, Levine from Planning as well. Um, um, we also have a, um, I want to just turn it over to Mary to, to introduce um, our other um, unfamiliar face with us. So Mary, if you'd like to introduce um, Mitchell. Joining us also is Mitchell Franson. He is our Park Planning and Development intern, and he will be with us through the uh, middle or so of December. Fantastic. Mitchell, good to see you again. Hi, Sanya. Okay, wonderful. Um, so next on the uh, agenda is, um, are there any items from the audience? Anybody in the audience that is um, would like to speak tonight? There are no attendees, virtual or in-person. Okay, thank you. So now we're moving to item four on the agenda, the approval of minutes. So uh, you all have been provided minutes from the uh, June 14th meeting. Uh, are there any corrections or amendments to the June minutes? Okay, so hearing none, the June meeting, <clears throat> the June meeting minutes are approved as presented. And then shifting gears then to July, the July 12th minutes have also been provided to you in your packet. Are there any corrections or amendments to the July meet, uh, minutes? And so hearing none, the minutes are approved as presented. 
Okay, now we're moving down to item five on the agenda. Um, first item of business is a comprehensive um, an update on the comprehensive plan update document. Uh, we have two guests from planning and building department. Uh, let's see, we have, uh, let me get to it here one moment. So David Barnes, uh, senior planner. And we also have Lindsay Levine, IACP senior planner. So I'm gonna turn it over to them for their presentation. Thank you, David and Lindsay. I'll share my screen just one moment. Mm -hmm. And welcome, Rashawn. I see you've joined us. Thank you. Lindsay, if you just hit the swap uh, view, it'll switch. Can the you see my presentation or no? No, it's sharing the main PowerPoint uh, deal. Okay, one sec. So it's showing PowerPoint, but it's not in presentation mode, if that's what you're Yeah. Okay, okay let me, it's on the other screen. Oops. On that presentation view mode, there's a, like a swap one i don't know what it says exactly um yeah maybe my task bar is blocking it um one second. let me see if i can unshare the screen there. i stopped you from sharing so now you can try to reshare okay let me try that again Is that any better right now? Yep. Perfect. Yep. Got it now? Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, good evening, Park Board members. My name is Lindsay Levine, and I'm here with David Barnes. We're senior planners in the Planning and Building Department, and we're pleased to be here tonight. We're here to provide a briefing on the comprehensive plan update. So first, I'll discuss the context, um, and then I'll talk about community engagement accomplished to date. David is leading the sustainability, climate, and environment chapter, so he'll present about that and updates we're looking at. Um, by the way, it's called SCE for short. And I'll do the same um, since I'm leading off the parks recreation and open space element called parks element for short. And then we'll discuss next steps and open up to questions and discussion. The comprehensive plan referred to as the comp plan is a citywide plan that we're required to update every eight years to help guide the future growth of the city. The comp plan seeks to reflect the needs and desires of the current and future community members, which includes people who live, work, learn, or play in Kirkland or who would like to in the future. We live in a desirable region, as we all know, and um, we know growth is coming, and so we're trying to plan for that over the next 20 years. 
Both the Growth Management Act and regional plans include requirements that cities must be consistent with when updating the comp plan, such as anticipating future needs of our community as we grow, protecting natural areas and resources, providing amenities, and doing our part to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. These are some of the key themes that will be integrated throughout the comp plan, which touch on questions such as how can we advance the city's diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging roadmap initiatives? How and where should the city plan for growth? How can we plan for housing options for all stages of life and incentivize development of more affordable housing? How can we improve how we walk, bus, take transit and drive around Kirkland? What more should the city do to prepare for and adapt for climate change, be more sustainable and to protect the natural environment? And what types of jobs and businesses should we encourage in Kirkland? The graphic on the screen shows the different topic areas in the comp plan and which contain the goals, policies and actions to guide the future growth of the city. The planning department leads and manages the comp plan, but we're coordinating with other departments who are subject matter experts for certain topics. When updated, the comp plan policies will ensure consistency with state, PSRC, and King County planning policies. And for the SCE and parks elements, we'll ensure that they are aligned with the SMP, Sustainability Master Plan, and Parks Recreation and Open Space Plan, since they were recently adopted and we want to ensure that the updated element policies provide growing room for the expansion of the SMP and PROS plans over the next 20 years. For the remainder of this year, staff will continue doing some community engagement activities to gather public input and attend city council board and commission meetings. The goal is to have draft elements of the comprehensive plan completed in early 2024 for review by the planning commission and city council with tentative public hearings set for spring 2024 and final adoption by fall 2024. We've conducted a lot of community outreach, including um, surveys for several different elements um, and focus groups for many of the elements. Um, and this helps provide guidance as we consider revisions to these elements. Um, some of the other um, strategies that we have include um, tabling events at various um, community events, um, tabling at Peter Kirk Community Center, um, joining senior council and youth council meetings, um, convening focus groups. And as I mentioned, um, we had a survey for several different elements. I'll just highlight the parks and SCE elements survey, um, which had over 300 respondents. And on the screen, um, I did grab some of the stats for who we've heard from. And um, typically for surveys from the city, we tend to hear from a lot of um, homeowners, a lot of um, middle-aged or older homeowners. So this time um, we did really make an effort to try to engage um, younger folks and also um, the elderly population and tried to target renters as well. Um, and also those who do not live in Kirkland, but those who visit Kirkland and perhaps use different amenities and services. So while there's always room for a lot of improvement, um, we are um, glad that we did uh, really make the effort to try to engage those populations. And now I will turn it over to David to talk about the sustainability, climate and environment element. 
Thank you, Lindsay. So SCE for short, as you mentioned. Um, so like, what does this element help us do? Um, you know, the policies that are that are going to be in this new element, because we, you know, have a lot of policies and all of our elements already. But as Lindsay mentioned, we're going to be checking those for consistency with the countywide planning policies and the multi-county. Um, there's just a lot of um, intersections that and a lot of updates as um, you know, we're doing this about every eight years or so. Um, so, you know, one thing that really helps us do, um, and it's on a top topic on a lot of people's minds are how to redu reduce carbon um, um, emission impacts. Um, Another thing it helps us do is um, in relation to connectivity of other elements, it helps us like, for example, um, with the parks element, because there is a ton of things that we'll talk about in a second that intersect. Um, so it's it's really provides backup for that. Um, and just like the pros plan, we recently adopted um, the sustainability master plan or SMP. And, um, you know, it provides policy direction, even though the functional plan, which is the SMP, kind of when it was adopted, had some really forward things. And so now we're going back into the comp plan and we're reaching deep and we're getting further and stronger policy direction so that we can be more successful with our implementation. Um, also, the element is um, one thing that you you may notice when you see a draft is that it's probably going to be looking at um, pointing back to other elements. So from when, within this element, it might be pointing back to the parks element or the housing element, depending on the subject matter or whatever. And those kinds of things activate the different staff that work in those areas to work together. So it's kind of a good reminder you know, it's not, these things are not just happening in one place. Go ahead and advance, please. So, um, you know, a lot of the feedback we've received so far, as Lindsay mentioned, was not only the um, survey, but we, we also conducted um, um, focus groups and uh, got, we dove pretty deep into some subject matter and, and tried to get um, information from people that they felt really strong about and that should be included um, in our elements. Um, so for this element, um, addressing climate change impacts was like the top thing that people were concerned with. And then as you dove down into that a little bit, you know, there's some big, really big concerns about um, the heat domes and of those kinds of events and smoke events. And then also some um, concern about vulnerable populations during these events. Um, and that when we're looking at our updating our um, comp plan, not just this element, that we should be looking at that with an equity lens um, to, to make sure people are taken care of. Um, we've also heard that we should support um, or promote the major city programs um, that, um, you know, that we should look at codes and incentives for solutions. Um, obviously looking at equity and policy and access to programs, um, that applies both to both of our elements and then promoting electrification of the community. You know, there's a big, um, push in, in the country with the inflation reduction act to kind of move more towards electrification and cleaner energy and energy efficiency. Um, so they want us to address that. They also want us to, um, 
do regular um, trainings or educational webinars on sustainability topics. Um, and then also to make the progress that we're um, making apparent, you know, producing annual reports and especially dashboard dashboards that are really kind of digestible for the um, uh, public at large. Go ahead and advance. And um, as one would expect, um, as we did our last briefings with the City Council and Planning Commission, um, they always have a lot of really good, thoughtful um, comments to make, and and they really um, kind of not fact check us, but just make sure that you know things that they're hearing and things that they feel passionate about and things they know about are on our radar. So um, we've got we both have um, study issues to look into. Um, I'm just going to quickly shoot through these. But essentially, um, they want to make sure the council want to make sure, especially that as we're electrifying things, that our grid had the integrity so that we're um, doing a lot of um, uh, kind of working with the utility to make sure they know what we're doing and that we're working together. Um, that's a good, good idea. Um, in addition to climate change, there's really big concerns about um, water and our clean, beautiful potable water supply and what it's being used for besides drinking um, and concerns, you know, from looking at other places in the country where quite frankly, they don't have really great drinking water or they're buying water from, you know, five cities away or whatever it is. We have this supply, but we might not have it forever. So, you know, take that into consideration, I guess. Um, looking at updating, um, asking us to update policies in relation to charging stations for electric vehicles and as you can see, it talks about our public facilities, our parks um, and rights of way um, and along transportation corridors. Um, a lot of money is coming down through, um, you know, the federal government and state and so forth to help us do that. So there's going to have to be a lot of coordination because that's that's a lot of territory to cover. But we're definitely going to do that. Um, oops. All right. Um, and then looking at updating our climate policies that um, promote mi um, mitigation, um, you know, make sure that we're covered um, again for um, more heat days and wildfire smoke days. Um, and then looking at making us more resilient um, in the future in relation to the impacts that we're experiencing with climate change. And both those things are um, mentioned in current um, um, Senate House bills. And so they're obviously um, not just big concerns, but they're concerns um, that are going to be backed up with dollars, which is really great for us to help implement these um, policies. Um, another area was um, the uh, sustain the uh, Northeast 85th Street station area plan. A lot of things went into that um, plan and a lot of um, uh uh, implementation actions and so forth. One that came out of it was um, high performing buildings. Those are buildings that don't use a lot of water. They don't use a lot of electricity. They're gonna be around for a long time. Um, they're not gonna use fossil fuels, those kinds of things. Um, we actually adopted that um, as a baseline in our station area. And so the council is asking me to look to kind of spread that out citywide. Um, and last but not least, preserving and enhancing our tree canopy and other open spaces um, and seeing that synergy to help reduce carbon emissions um, in our parks element. Go ahead and advance that. 
So as I mentioned before, um, I'm leading the parks element, but I'm also coordinating with specific park staff um, like Mary on this call. Um, the Parks and Community Services Department uses the parks element as a guiding document on the comp plan functions at a high level, focusing on overarching parks and recreation goals and policies. The parks element supports the continued provision of accessible and well-maintained parks and recreational facilities for current and future community members. The element establishes policies for the coordination of funding and level of service requirements set forth in the capital facilities element and will also be consistent with the pros plan. Now there is some overlap between the parks element and the pros plan and part of the work includes um, updating that um, so that is consistent, um, but note that the pros plan has a much greater focus on um, implementation and um, serves a six year um, plan cycle while the, the parks element will not include the same level of detail and is a uh, vision for the next 20 years as well. Um, some priorities that we heard from the community survey, focus groups and other community discussion are about improving um, accessibility to the parks and recreation system. Uh, both ADA and pedestrian and bike and transit connections. Um, so I'm definitely reviewing the city's ADA uh, transition plan to, to promote this. Equitable distribution of parks and recreational opportunities, reviewing the pros plan gap analysis, which was recently done last year, um, and preserving and enhancing the tree canopy, as David mentioned, um, and planting more trees and parks in uh, city right away increasing the resiliency of parks given climate change. And there are many different policy options to address this, such as restoring natural areas, wetlands, removing invasive species, making sure we plant native trees or trees that can adapt to rising temperatures. So we've taken the comments and we'll take them into consideration when updating the um, parks element policy language and creating new policies. And I'd like to note that um, having a policy in the comp plan doesn't mean that the implementation is funded, but we want to ensure that our updated element policies provide the growing room for expansion um, over the next 20 years. And now I'll hand it back to David. Well, if you haven't figured it out by now, there's a ton of synergy between <laughs> the SCE and parks element, um, and I love it. Um, so what are we looking at with some of that synergy in those intersections, um, preserving and increasing the tree canopy that, you know, when I, when I say these bullets, I'm saying them not just for the parks element or the FCE element, it's all of it. It's all of the elements everywhere where it's applicable. Um, but these are really important areas in both of these elements. Um, why are we doing that? We're looking to, you know, shade, um, places that don't have a lot of shade, trees can do that. That helps mitigate the heat islands um, at our parks and throughout the city. Um, so there'll be a lot of priority on that. And I know that from the urban forestry strategic plan there is as well too. Um, and they have some funding for that, which is great. Um, planting native and heat resistant resilient species citywide, that could not only be applicable in parks um, or um, you know, when people are required to plant trees or landscaping, um, but all of it, really. And um, so that part of that might, what might come out of a policy in relation to that is, do we know what 
those climate resilient species are for our, you know, um, you know, our region. And I, my preliminary look at, in it is yes, um, but we'll have to do more to see what can really survive and thrive over, you know, the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, you know, preserving increasing the city's natural areas and open spaces, um, like Lindsay previously mentioned, and looking at equitable access to Lake Washington. Um, and then I also mentioned earlier, but here again, water conservation measures, um, you know, uh, that could mean that, um, for example, that instead of using potable water, that's our kind of triple A, you know, drinking water, um, highest, best use water, um, using reclaimed water, for example, water that could be collected off roofs, um, water that could be purchased through a regional um, supply um, that could be collected because there is a lot of water in the region. Um, there's just, you know, could be some ways that we could um, work a little bit better together in the region to get that non-potable supply accessible for things like our parks um, and, and other uses so that we can preserve the drinking water. Um, also, um, you know, a lot of, uh, Emphasis has been placed on how to get places not driving a car. Um, and so that would apply to any of our facilities, our parks and our recreation areas. And we want to encourage that because as our population grows, right? And um, we want more people to be able to come, but there may not be, um, you know, we don't have unlimited parking spaces and, and it's just not really, um, you know, in the plan to keep increasing parking every single place that we would like people to be. Um, but what does that mean? Um, that means that we're just going to really focus on that non-motorized non transportation. And I know that our transportation staffers are doing that right now. Um, but also what it could mean too, I think is, um, you know, putting um, electric vehicle and electric bike charging facilities at parks and other recreational areas or city facilities so that when people do, um, drive, um, they can know that, hey, there are charging facilities here, or they ride a bike, there's charging facilities there, here, there. Um, and, um, you know, that, uh, I don't know if you know this, but like the largest number of registered electric vehicle owners live on the east side. So it's really taking off here. And so if we really want it to really take off and have less internal combustion cars, which by the way, you know, um, from a climate strategy, not only helps from lessening um, carbon emissions, but think about just like if you're breathing the air at a park and you're in this wonderful place and you don't want to be breathing diesel or whatever else is coming out of a car, if you don't have to, kind of um, kind of messes with the experience. Um, we want to have those um, special places where people can recharge mentally, physically, and, you know, kind of um, experience really good um, health. So um, go ahead and advance the slide. Um, what are our next steps? Um, we are working right now um, on updating our goals and policies. And um, we've been asked by management to have those um, done by the end of this year, 2023. 
So um, we're expecting that we're going to be releasing those um, draft goals and policies, um, you know, in early 2024, probably January. Um, I think Lindsay talked a little bit earlier about, you know, um, that in the fall of 2024, we would be starting to hold hearings. And as this, you know, happens with so many of our efforts, you know, we're having these hearings, say, in the fall, and we're kind of like, you know, trying to get to city council, um, you know, by December, not in the middle of December, that kind of a thing, so that we can get the um, uh, comprehensive plan update adopted in 2024. But the good news is, I think, is, is there's tons of time to provide comment and, you know, for anybody listening or for the um, park board here seeing that, you know, we do have a comment form on the K2044 website, um, or you can use this email address um, that's listed here, 2044 Comprehensive Plan at kirklandlaw.gov. Um, you could submit comments about anything in relation to these elements, anytime. Um, also um, would encourage you um, if you feel like the need to do this when we do have those hearings, um, you know, that you either provide written comments to the planning commission, if you feel strongly about something or something's not getting addressed or um, and or showing up and providing public testimony. We do have um, uh, virtual and in-person options for that as well. Um, and then, as always, you can submit written comments to city council or provide commentary at the relevant um, council briefings that are going to happen over um, 2024. So go ahead and advance. Uh, that's the end of our presentation. And we are both here um, to answer any questions or um, receive your comments or feedback. So do any board members have have questions for David or Lindsay on this presentation. It's like Roshan has his hand up there. Oh, yeah. Roshan. Thanks. Yeah, the elements that I didn't see were you know, have to do with public safety, like you know, planning for police, fire, emergency services, disaster preparedness, that sort of thing. Yeah, we are focusing the briefing today um, just on parks and sustainability, climate and environment since we, uh, this, those are the most relevant to the park board, um, but there is also um, the public services um, element, which will be uh, addressing some of that. Um, of course, also emergency response, emergency management um, is its own department with its own plan. So we don't we don't touch too deeply into that, um, but definitely are considering public safety in um, the public services. Um, I think you froze up on me. <laughs> oh, Lindsay, yeah, you're back. You're okay, back. yeah. Can you hear me now? I yep. can hear you now. And then the other okay. thing is, is, is the transportation and road infrastructure um, element in its own. own uh, yeah. Yeah. So we have separate elements for um, a lot of those uh, different topics. So transportation is its own chapter. Um, okay. Also, I don't know how much of you guys uh, was heard before may have cut out, but um, public service 
addresses is its own chapter. So that is um, part of where public safety is addressed, public services, fire. Um, emergency management is really under, uh, it's, it's not really addressed in the comprehensive plan since we have a whole department and they have tons of plans um, related to that. Um, okay. But yeah, for any of these topics, you're welcome to submit comments or feedback. Um, all right, thank you. Are there other questions for our presenters? I didn't get my hand up fast. I was trying to- Oh, Amy, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, no, this is, I was like, I'm slow on the Zoom sometimes. So I'm using <laughs> Teams, so this is always a switch up for me. Um, yeah, I was curious from a budgetary standpoint, I think if there's one thing that I've learned over the past year and a half is um, how tight of a ship uh, Murray executes on. And I'm just curious with these additional elements kind of coming in, is there a separate budget that's going to come in to support this or how does that get wrapped in? Um, so there is not specific um funding tied to the comprehensive plan. It's meant to operate at a, a, a quite a high level um, and it's valid for, we, we the planning period is the next like eight to 20 years. Um, and and so really the, the different departments, functional plans, such as like the pros plan, the sustainability master plan, um, there's so many different functional plans um, that that have alignment um, with the comprehensive plan and as they get updated, because they all have their own, you know, cycles for when their plans get updated, um, then they are meant to be um, in alignment with and, you know, move and be even more forward thinking. Um, so yeah, funding is tied to each of the functional plans. And if, if David or Mary have anything else to add, feel free to jump in. I would just add, um, and just as a way, but as an example, in 2015, the discussion of this is a, a the city should have a sustainability master plan was put in there, and then in 2018-19, we we you know I was asked to do it, and um, we you know used our subject matter experts in the city and involved the community, and we created a plan. Um, but you know then after it was adopted in 2020. There, there wasn't money to do the actions or the implementation. So then I had to go um, and ask, you know, uh, during the budget period for money to do priority actions. Um, and then sometimes what happens, and I'm sure this happens for parks too, is there's these grant opportunities. And then if you have some seed money, then you can really leverage and capitalize on that or maybe have a foundation like I know you guys do or something. Um, there's just different ways to, to approach this. But um, when people see these policies, sometimes at first they're like, oh my gosh, you know, this is gonna happen tomorrow and how are we gonna do this? And I know, no, 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 no. I know how tight the budget is, all that kind of stuff. Um, but realize like um, Lindsay said, like this is like a 20 year horizon and, and hopefully the things that are most important, I think in all of our elements are gonna rise to the top and staff like Mary and staff like me and other people that work in these functional areas are going to help, you know, push those areas where we need that money um, and get it um, from the appropriate sources. Hmm. I think Mary has her hand up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and. I love the term functional plans because of these little sub plans that are building into the comprehensive plan 
is really where a lot of those meat and details come in. So if you can recall with the pros plan, there is an actual component that has a whole list. We has It identifies our current CIP for the next six years. And then it also lists all those unfunded projects. And the reason that they're there isn't because, yes, we know they're not, we don't have money. It's to keep us, uh, just to keep reminding us that these things are there and that they are always continuing to fuel the uh, a response to the policies and objectives that are in our functional plan that ultimately do lead up to the comprehensive plan. Thank you. So we I don't have any money, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> we got dreams. There you go. Um, so I had a question. So the Parks Board is very familiar with the pros plan. We spent a year and a half working very closely with Parks and Community Service to build, to build, put together the the pros plan, and certainly I was adopted by. Um, by council. So my question for, you know, David and, and Lindsay is, um, so it sounds like the parks element is kind of like a, so the, the pros is a six year plan and the, the parks element is a 20 year plan. It sounds like, and it's mm -hmm. provide high level guidance, big picture kind of stuff ra rather than the pros is really drills down in some, into some, some detail. And I guess my question so I don't really know what's in the parks elements. I'm going to ask this question. One of my um, unknowns in the city of Kirkland is this thing called 85th Street Station. Is there anything in the parks element that talks about the 85th Street Station related to parks that maybe is not in the in the pros plan? There isn't anything currently um, because the comprehensive plan was last updated in 2015 and um, the station area plan, correct me if I'm wrong, David, was that adopted 2022? I think it was last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. Um, also in the, the parks element, we don't really drill down into like specific areas, um, but um, like David was saying, uh, especially with sustainability, um, there are some policies that are really great and, and forward thinking in the station area plan that council would like to have him look at to see if, they, if he can expand or what, what, uh, what uh, policies would be good to expand citywide. Um, now I need to, I, I, I don't recall off the top of my head about like specific parks policies that are in the station area plan that could be relevant citywide. Um, but we'll definitely take a look at that. Yeah. Um, I guess one, one of my questions that where I was really going with this, my question about 85th Street Station is we know that once once 85th gets moving and really the the planned the planned um, expansion is actually put into place and buildings are are built and you know new demands on park park resources, increased population. What's what's in the parks element or what do you what do you plan to put into the parks element that might help us get our hands around that and might help uh, parks and, com and community services, that department, 
with with their long long range planning. Is that is that am I asking something that doesn't exist and won't exist, or I'm just trying to understand what 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 this document is and how it's used? I guess. If I can make a quick yeah, to me, it kind of sounds like you're asking about. Oh yeah, go ahead, Mary. Oh, I, I was just going to say there there is a whole section in the pros plan that talks specifically about the stationary plan. Yeah, there is. And yeah. and um, when we were developing that, we made sure that that language mirrored what was in the stationary plan documents. Ah, thank you. You've answered my question, Mary. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Um, Rashawn, I see your hand up. Yeah, Mike, thanks Thanks for bringing up the 85th Street area plan. It was something that I worked with a other group of concerned citizens about. And as I recall, the plans were uh, some rooftop access, which never got actually um, approved in the plan that was the Google plan, which was defunct at the moment. Um, there were linear parks and there was Forbes Lake. And given the intensity of land use in that area, um, I and many other concerned citizens felt that the parks element alone was, you know, it was totally inadequate to what um, was gonna go on there for the level of comfort and service and recreation that uh, that Kirkland has historically been known for. And that's besides all the other issues that have to do with transportation and a lot of claims about affordable housing, a whole bunch of other stuff, but just the parks part of it. Um, the way the way that it's been engineered in there, what I saw, it's, it's a pipe dream completely. I mean, there's not enough space for it to keep traffic moving. You got it next to Costco. Um, no, it's, I'm glad you brought it up because it deserves a lot more thought and investment and modification of that plan to come anywhere near a reasonable level of service from a parks perspective. In my view, and in at least 50 other people that I've been working with to um, you know, try and get some reasonableness out of it. And so I just appreciate you bringing that up because it's, it's a really critical element. It's gonna be the major, it's gonna be the most dense population residential wise, business wise, and transportation, and it's going to be, if it's not done right, it could be, you know, a, a really detriment to not just that area, but the entire city and surrounding areas. So I'm very passionate about it, as you can tell, because it's got the potential to be good. It does. But if it's not done well, and it's not staged and sequenced right, it will be a problem for a long time to come. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. Not that I feel strongly about these things. No. <laughs> Of course not. <laughs> okay. Well, um, David. I'm glad you laughed because a lot of other people have pretty grim looks on their face. Mm -hmm. Well, David and Lindsay, thank you. I think unless somebody else has additional questions, I don't see any, any other hands, but thank you. Um, I didn't know about this document. So now I feel like I know something about it. So thank you so much for your briefing today. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You bet. Okay. All right. Good night. Good night. Okay. Well, that was a that was a good presentation. I enjoyed that. Um, so next on the business items uh, is park board member reports. 
Does anybody have anything to report since our, I guess our June, our July meeting, I guess was our last meeting. So since we didn't have one in August. So I see uh, Amy's hand up. Just, I need a quick reminder. This is the right place to do the debriefs from the association meetings now, right? Okay. Correct. I know you're doing it at the end and then we moved around. Um, yeah, the Houghton um, meeting happened yesterday. Um, and then we had, um, Kurt was here uh, to give the update on, or I guess the inform on Prop 1. And we had the pro-con team here as well. It was a pretty um, spicy meeting. I was like a little more... Uh, I, it was lively, and I, I think it was uh, pretty impressive. There were probably, oh, I think, over 40 people there um, and a lot of engagement. Um, so maybe just the quick rundown. So Kurt provided um, the overview of Prop 1 and what was in there, and then um, they had the speakers from the pro and the cons come and present. Um, a lot of questions from the audience. I think we went all the way until we had the space at the International School for, and then they had to basically boot us out. Um, so that we could clear out of there. So a lot of interest, a lot of passion. Um, the um, questions were primarily focused over funding mechanism. Um, levy versus bond was a heavy area of discussion um, yesterday. Um, there was a lot of focus from the con team on um, comparison with the Sammamish model for operating costs as well. So that was another large area of focus is affordability. Um, for um, residents and ongoing taxes, again, associated with the funding mechanism, um, and then um, on scoping of um, what the uh, what PFAC had put into it, right? So I think there was a lot of um, lessons learned on how, how did PFAC work? How did uh, they evaluate it? So um, we were lucky to have a PFAC member there who was able to give um, quite a bit of information on that process. So really lively discuss uh, discussion. Kurt did a great job. The ProCon um, representatives did a great job um, and a lot of interest. So I think there's um, going to be plenty of follow-on discussion at our next um, Neighborhood Association meeting for Houghton. Houghton's always been a very active, uh, active uh, neighborhood association. So, yeah, it was um, very. I was um, surprised, taken aback by uh, some of the strong emotions displayed yeah. um, during the discussion. Um, I wasn't anticipating to uh, for folks to have such like visible emotional responses and feelings to some of the discussion. So, um, very lively. Well, I'm glad that Kurt was there to handle those. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, and Mayor State was there as well, actually. Um, oh, nice, nice. We had good representation. Um, uh, yeah, I was very impressed. Yeah, well, great, thank you. I see Rashawn's hands up. Yeah, so um, I attended the Moss Bay um, Neighborhood Association. And also it was a pro con about uh, Prop 1. Lynn did the presentation, did a fabulous job, really explained it well. Um, there was less interaction at the Moss Bay uh, meeting than what uh, Amy has described at, at the Houghton one. Um, but basically the, the con position is, you know, it's funded incorrectly, it's in the wrong spot, it's too big. It's got unnecessary elements. And so um, I think there are 
are really great counterpoints to the con argument. By the way, I'm on the yes for pools and parks. <laughs> and so I would encourage all my fellow park board members who, you know, back the, uh, the yes vote to please go to the site and endorse. Please be careful on what we're saying. Just... Yeah, I'm a park board member. I've disclosed it. So uh, thanks for the warning. But, um, you know, it'd be good to know you know, what the, the level of support is. And, um, you know, I don't think that uh, encouraging people to voice their view is a problem. But anyway, um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good meeting. Um, I think that there's definitely work to be done. Um, you know, waiting, I think uh, one of the key points is waiting to do this is even if you scale it down and change the method of finance and all that, costs are going to go up in time. Mm -hmm. I see, uh, let me, let me uh, ask Tara to, to speak next. Yeah, I was just going to say, from a youth perspective, Norkirk doesn't meet over the summer, but of course I'm back to school. So I have been talking to other students about, oh, did you know that you could possibly vote if you're a senior for the pool, or you can actually give in for or against, or you can actually give in your opinions about the comprehensive plan. I didn't even know that. So I think that they said they did ask the youth council about what their opinions were. I think it would be really cool to just share that information with my high school that they can actually put in any feedback they have and anything that they would want to be in the comprehensive plan. So I definitely want to work on increasing that youth engagement because I think the youth council is pretty good, but Lake Washington is like 2000 students. So I'm going to try to get that out there on like King news and things like that. That's great. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Love to hear what, what our um, young adults are thinking about. So wonderful. Um, let's see. Amy, I'll go back to you. Thank you, Tara. It's nice. It's nice seeing your engagement. I think that's really good. It actually ties in really well with what I was going to say is um, one of the other notes I was stayed and talked to some folks after um, just to understand, but understand kind of um, perspectives and where they're coming from. And um, a couple people said, not just one, I say like a few people said, this is the first time I'm seeing this. Um, and so I just wanted to share that. I know that um, we probably feel like we've seen it quite a bit. Um, but at, that was one perspective that I um, was surprised actually to hear, given how much I feel like I've seen it in the city of Kirkland emails, newsletters, uh, mailings. So just to maybe reiterate and share with the rest of the board as well, right? Um, talk to your neighbors, talk to people, because I think um, maybe there is a lack of awareness um, and we can help do a better job of um, socializing it. Because I, I was surprised how many people didn't know um, weren't familiar with it and felt like this was, I think some people, someone's like, how could they just put this on us? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I was like, oh, have you signed up for the city of Kirkland emails? Like I was like, there's a few mechanisms, right? So just to share that, um, because yeah. I was a little surprised by that. So, um, it was good for me to be aware of a population that maybe, um, this might, they might be only hearing it for the first time. Yeah, that's, that's really a good point. Um, it's, it's less than two months to the election, November 7th. So anything we can do to get the word out and 
and get the conversations moving would probably behoove us to do that. So, um, Vishan, I see your hand up again. Yeah, thanks. Um, the other point that the con committee was making was that they use Sammamish as an example, and they have a YMCA contract, and it was presented as kind of a, you know, a no cost or low cost or lower cost uh, proposition, but they leave out tremendous amount of detail of that, right? So the thing to push back on, in my view, is we've got a tremendous parks department. It's well-led, it's well-staffed, it's high skill levels, huge competency on so many areas, right? And I think that, you know, citizens need to know that we have a great park system because we have a great parks department. And not just this iteration, but for generations, okay? And paying the spread that the YMCA is gonna earn means less reinvestment in the facilities and means for Kirklanders. And who's gonna be more responsive to the needs of the community than people who are directly employed by us without a lot of you know, contract limitations, right? And I think that this is a really key thing. If you run into people who you know, think that that's a better model, you know, they need to think again. And I also think that we had a very bad experience with KTUB and the YMCA, and there's other examples that we can go into. So um, if, you, if you're out there campaigning for this, and talking to your neighbors about this, please don't let them think that somehow the why is the answer to our excellent parks department. Thank you. So again, we have two months to get the word out, answer questions, provide clarity, because November 7th is just around the corner. So I don't see any other hands on this topic, which is a very interesting topic, obviously. Um, Mike, I've got so much more to say, but I've already taken up more than my fair share. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a reminder, we got to be very careful about what we say um, at actual meetings. That's why okay. if Hillary's not here tonight presenting, um, we just provided that update. Uh, I appreciate that, John. Let me know when I'm getting close to a red line. We're getting close, I think. <laughs> we cannot advocate one way or the other. We can inform and educate. That's uh, what I'm all about. So far, I think we're informing and educating. Absolutely. That's what we're doing. Serious. Okay. Um, does anybody else have anything to report? I'll just mention one thing. Um, see, July 15th, which it seems like so long ago, but uh, two months ago, um, Myself, Tessa, and Amy attended the grand opening of the 132nd Square Park. And what a neat day that was. There's like 400 people there. The place was packed. And um, uh, Mayor Sweet gave a nice, nice talk. And she took the time to express her appreciation and thanks to the Parks Board for our support uh, for the on the pros plan, particularly our support for 132nd Square Park. And that is a beautiful facility. I was at that facility, at that park this last Saturday with my grandson. There's like, like eight soccer games going on, on the synthetic turf. And all the, all the moms and dads and coaches, there are hundreds of people on the synthetic turf. What a fun day that was. 
And I'm thinking, what a neat experience for these young young kids to play on this great art, uh, artificial turf. It uh, just made me appreciate one more time the great parks that uh, that Kirkland is providing to its citizens. And Amy, you must, were you there also, Amy? Or I see it you nodding our, your head. It was our first peewee soccer of this. Yes. <laughs> so yes, we were there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, this I, I thought it was too personal to share, but yes, we no, did no. get in off the wait list. I was, uh, I it was, was phenomenal. And yeah. we actually had signed up for both a private um, soccer and for peewee soccer. We were dual enrolled and we have decided to drop the other one because <laughs> the peewee soccer is so much better. It's uh, so much fun, isn't it? It was, yeah. it was so much fun. Yeah, um, it yeah. was really good. And actually we had extended family come watch and everyone thought like it was great. Kids loved it. Mary at that park. Actually, my cousin even said there was, they were like, wow, what a great park. And they're in Woodenville. And I was like, I know Kirkland has great parks. We do. All right. So I don't know uh, what I clicked, but I I clicked something that turned my recording off. So <laughs> it wasn't that was not intentional. Sorry. I thought I was getting too personal. I clicked the chat button to see what the chats were. Yeah, you know, it was, um, uh, yeah, it was such a, uh, the park on Saturday, 132nd Square Park, was just jam-packed. It was, I've never seen it so busy there. Every, every, uh, uh, every pavilion was, was rented. People are having parties, 12 jillion kids in the playground area. Fun, fun, well done. So excellent for, for Kirkland. Okay, enough patting Kirkland Parks in the back. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, uh, Mike, Mike, could I ask one question of Amy before we move on? Sure. Amy, was the was the sentiment at the Houghton meeting, especially the more emotional pieces, where is it was it against or in favor of, of Prop One? It was um the concept. It was in um uh, against. There um with a lot of the concerns that I had noted. Um, okay. Okay. Just a lot of passionate feelings about it. Um, sure. I think this is where the education piece, um, specifically understanding, I think the lack of understanding of how PFEC was assembled, the um, what how, what was represented, and really just pointing people to actually go to the website and see the data and see the process um, will really be helpful. Um, so just really encouraging people to not just take the take the bullet points right, but to go in and try to really understand um, all the work that went into it. Thanks. Okay, thank you. All right, so I'm going to move next on the item. Uh, the agenda is uh, department highlights and updates. And John, did you want to discuss that at all? You put together yeah, a pretty nice little memo. Yeah, I don't have a, a presentation for it, but I do want to see if um, folks had any questions specifically about the uh, the updates. We have not, I, I realized the August monthly report has not been posted yet. Um, and so I apologize about that. Um, I will find out where that's at and get that out to you guys as soon as possible. Um, but the rest of the highlights, um, you may notice some of those in the monthly report when that gets completed. But again, this memo is just to help you guys um, find some nuggets of info um, to potentially share with your neighbors. Um, there is one piece of information just to make public and, and share. It's at the end of that memo. Um, the one the Beach parking lot, uh, that far, far section where the, the Friday market is held will be closed for a few weeks in October for repaving. Um, so that may limit the available parking at the park, um, but we'll make it work. 
Um, and we'll be running a shuttle for the Harvest Festival to make sure that folks have can get there. So does anyone have any questions or any um, comments? Uh, I I have a I have a comment. I always have a comment. Um, I just um, I wanted to exp um, one of the things that jumped out at me on this highlight memo, John, was again um, the heavy heavy usage of our Peter Kirk pool during the summer months. This the thousands of people that used it. And the thousands of people on the wait list trying to get in and utilize that that facility. That's uh, a reoccurring theme, summer after summer. I think Sarah's pointed that out to us on several occasions. But it was nice to it was just interesting to see that uh, we still have a big problem with uh, uh, summer aquatics or aquatics in general. Okay. Um, Let's see. The script is incorrect. There's not a presentation for the ballot measure. No, there's not. There's just a memo. Yes. And um, there's just it's a a, a one page memo, and then a then a, a that just talks about uh, November seventh. Yeah. Less, less than two months is, is the election. So. So, um, did anybody have any questions or comments on the uh, the memo that uh, uh, Hillary De La Cruz uh, sent us as part of our packet? Let's see. Um, All right, moving now to, to the next item on the agenda is communications. And the first item was correspondence. John, there were a couple items that, that you included in the packet. Um, one had to do with, uh, with Rainbow Park, and the other one had to do with volleyball. Is any, yeah. Anything so, you want to say about either one of those? Or Yeah, so just as a follow-up, there was a concern about one of the playground elements at Totem Lake. Um, making sure I'm unmuted here. Yeah, um, we did have that uh, independently audited by a third party um, to verify that it is correctly installed and is designed per um, industry standard safety uh, safety standards and whatnot. So we resolved that with the the community member. We responded to her and let her know um, the results of that that audit, um, and so that was completed and taken care of. Um, and then there was an email about um it's about volleyball and 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 i think it was handled in that it's in the yeah it's in the um the ballot measure i think there was some yeah some things is there are questions on either of those this the, the volleyball one is closed out so. i don't see anybody raising their hand or anything so okay uh again uh, next is department monthly reports, and you mentioned we don't have the August reports out there yet on the on the website. The last ones are out there in July, so we'll see those shortly, I'm sure. Um, next is staff updates and information. And John, this is the area you were going to be chatting to us about the a new acronym I learned I learned today, OPMA. Yeah. 
Hey, I mean, real quick, before I get into this, because it could be, do you have a quick question or? Yeah, I just, uh, what was the status of the shade at the um, Rainbow Park? Has that been installed? Uh, Mary, do you have an update on that? I think it's. Not, not yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> end of September. How about that for timing? Oh. Okay. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> Thank okay, you. so staff updates. I've got a couple, um, and I'll open the floor to Sarah, Mary, and Jason or Emily. Um, you may be wondering why I'm sitting in council chambers um, and why you can't see Jason and Emily. Um, we learned yesterday that we are under the Open Public Meetings Act, um, not allowed to have fully remote meetings without a physical location for the public to attend the meeting um, because we are no longer under an emergency proclamation. Um, so, hence, we are the physical location tonight to make sure that if anyone did want to show up in person, they could. Um, but with that being said, um, moving forward, we're going to need to have all of our um, meetings held in person again. Um, so October, um, in reality, we only had one more virtual one scheduled because we were going to do even months in person and odd months virtual. So next month, October was going to be in person. December was going to be in person. So um, November will be in person as well. Um, that being said, and I'll share, I'll, I'll send out a little blurb about that, um, hence the scrambling. I think we should be able to figure out, obviously tonight we struggled with our sound, um, so no promises yet, but like the Open Public Media Act does allow for staff or board members to uh, attend the meeting virtually, um, so long as the public can have a physical location, um, and as long as you guys can communicate live. Um, so. In October, Mike has informed me that he's going to be out of town, and Tessa informed me that she has a conflict with that night. Um, so, one, we can we're going to try and figure out the, how to accommodate a virtual, a semi-hybrid meeting, I guess is what I'll call it. Um, it would be hybrid for board members and um, staff if needed. Um, we wouldn't try and accommodate both public, in person, and virtually, just because there's so many complexities with that. Um, but wanted to touch base to see if anyone else had conflicts with October before we um, proceed. Amy. I do. I um, Sorry, yeah. I unfortunately have quite the travel schedule for the rest of this year. And so I was hoping to be able to call in for the rest. Sorry, I'm looking at my calendar. <laughs> for the rest of the year, actually in December, I might be on a flight during this time. Um, but um, October and November, I would need to call in if possible. So like Amy or Ta, was that Tammy? Did you say you have a conference? Yeah, um, I will be in Italy on vacation for yeah. the October meeting and I won't be able to call in. I'll be in person uh, in November and then going into the winter, I'll probably be away and would like to call in. Um, if I can, otherwise I can speak with you offline, John, about my life, if that becomes a nuisance, but probably, um, um, December, January, and February, I'll be remote. Okay. Um, Michelle. John, every year the city council makes a set of legislative priorities that they will ask our 
representatives to get changed. And I think it's time to update an antiquated um, law to allow for greater public input. It's okay if they have to have some regular, you know, on-site, in-person requirement, but truly, um, you know, it's, it's a major hindrance now that we've all become accustomed, I think, to this. And so my suggestion would be, let's ask the council to- Why well, is it this? It's a good idea. Yeah, put that on there because, good, I mean, good grief. I think we'll be able to make it work. Don't get me wrong. I, I, yeah, no, no, I know we can, but you know, sorry, it's just another. Sammy's a no for October. Clearly, Tess is a no for October. I'll be here. Mike is a maybe. I'm. I'm gonna. So I'm gonna call in from from California, and hopefully, I'll have a good connection this time. Did it last last October, I think, and wasn't very good. So, okay. Because my discussion, if there's enough folks that weren't going to be around, we could always cancel or reschedule the meeting. But it seems like there's enough folks, and if we can, pending us, be, I'll work with Emily. We'll figure out the how to make the Zoom work in here. Because um, obviously, they do it for council meetings at this point. Um, we just don't know the right settings. There was no other microphone on in the room, and somehow I was echoing. So. Um, who knows? So we'll get that figured out. But I just want to give everyone an update on that because um, that was the the news of the day yesterday afternoon. Um, we all learned something new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Sarah, Mary, do you have any updates, Mitchell? I have just um, a couple of... Well, go ahead, go ahead, Mary. Okay, so I'll be quick. Um, I just have a couple. We had our, our third annual Sea Spot Splash event on Saturday, the same day as City Hall for All, which was um, City Hall for All was really well attended, as was Sea Spot Splash. I think we had the most dogs we've ever had in the pool, um, 361 maybe throughout the entire day, which was wild. So very fun day. I don't know if anyone was able to um, make it, but it was a good time. Um, and then the only other um, item I wanted to share is we, um, I, in the um, staff update memo that that John had, we talked about the expanded teen programs this fall, and we have a lot of um, open registration. So I just wanted to pass that along. If um, you know of anyone who may be interested, we've got um, openings in cooking classes and art classes. We have a, a series of um, uh, teens uh uh, it's like teens take over adventures. It's kind of field trips for teenagers. We go to sports games and high ropes courses and different events and things like that. And then we have our um, free monthly teen nights as well. So lots of opportunities um, available. That's all I got. Mary? Um, I just wanted to share that uh, Tomorrow, we're having a uh, walking tour that's part of a state conference for landscape architects, and it's going to be held at Totem Lake Park. Um, it's a it's a private event, if you will, because it's related to the conference. Um, but uh, we'll be doing that as well as having uh, the opening reception for the conference at uh, Marina Park. Oh. Well, congratulations, Mary. That's a real coup. Um, Rainbow Park, or sorry, Totem Lake Park, um, <laughs> is the place where all these people are kind of are going to come together, and uh, so that's a feather in Kirkland's cap, so to speak. Mm. 
Yes, indeed. So nice, nicely done. Any other reports then from staff? Is that it? I got the uh, all clear from Jason and Emily, so no, no updates on this end, so. Okay, good. Uh, the last item is uh, comments from the chair. I don't have any more comments. I think I'm all, I think I've talked plenty. So um, are there any other business items that anybody would like to raise at this point? They're not on the agenda. So seeing none, hearing none, uh, this meeting is adjourned. And thank you very much. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.